Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Michael Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Tonight, I would like to take just a few minutes and um, talk to you about legacy. And, you know, there, there are different types of legacies that um, they even reference in, in the dictionary. One of them is a gift by will, especially of money or other personal property. But the other one is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. It's something received, something, when I think about a legacy, I, I think about something that I remember somebody for. What is their legacy? What do I remember about that person? And I think when we, when we think about the word legacy, we often associate it after someone has passed or when someone has passed away. And we look at them and we think, well, how should they be remembered? Now, I was talking with somebody the other day about this, and and I think as Christians, when we look at fellow Christians that have passed away, I think we can sometimes misunderstand, I guess is the best way to put it, or we fail to understand really the whole reason behind it. I remember when, you know, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of people pass away that, that have lived for God and, and been faithful. And, and a lot of times, even in the church, the first question is why? Um, and, and we've had some in this church. But if I remember correctly as Christians, we, we do want a reward. There's a reward that's a promise to us. And we want our reward, but sometimes we, we want it on our time. And we don't understand what God could be thinking until we understand that our time here on earth is so minimal compared to what our goal is and what our reward is. Our goal is to spend eternity with him, right? So why do we question God when he takes someone to be with him? See, we look at it sometimes as God's taking them away from us. But I think he looks at, looks at it like this. They've done all that he's asked them to do. Now it's time for their reward. It doesn't help us necessarily unless we know they're saved. There is a huge difference, and I know that all of you know this because you've been at both types of services. There's a huge difference between a service for someone who was not saved compared to someone who is saved. You know, I look at, you know, even, you know, Brother Schmaltz, when he passed away, Brother Yance, you know, young men that had growing churches, were, were effective, outreach, and our first thing is, well, why would God take that person? And now I think I look at it very different. And I think it's important for us to, to set that as a basis because 
our legacy should be something that's positive. It should be something that's uplifting. Jesus left a legacy. And Jesus left a legacy of love. One of the main ingredients in love is sacrifice. It's not always the fun part of love. But it's a necessary part of love. See, when you love someone, you become far more willing to make sacrifices for that person. Not always easy, but I love you. When you were dating, there were a lot of things that you sacrificed. I know that when I was dating, it was, okay, well, do I want to go hang out with the guys or do I want to go out to deep? I, yep, she wins. I'd much rather be with her. You know, it was even simple things. Like, you know, every, I'm assuming, I shouldn't assume, but I love cops cheeseburgers. Greasy. I can do like two a year. That's it. But they are just so, I mean, they're dripping. I like the fried onions on there. Ketchup, mustard, squeezing out of there. I would have preferred that on a date. Now my wife, Olive Garden. Soup, salad, and breadsticks. (laughs) Yep, guess who wins? Sacrifice. But but it's, it's something that you're willing to do because of love. When I was... When I was uh, single, in fact, I kept a log the year before I got married. Um, I was bow hunting a new area. And it was the first time, it just so, so happened to be where I was logging what time I got out to the stand, what, direc- what direction the wind was coming from, where deer were coming from when I'd see them. I looked at this log and I'm like, wow, that was like four or five nights a week. That was fun. That was the good stuff. And my wife now, I, she's, gotten, she's gotten much better, but when we initially got married, it was once or twice a month, maybe four times if I was really lucky because she wanted me to be at home. And I finally told her, I said, honey, you gotta understand. I know you think I'm going hunting a lot, but it's nothing in comparison to what I used to. I am making a sacrifice here, babe. Now I get to go out more often. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> She's willing to let me get out of the house. However, sacrifice is a two-way street. See, if only one person is sacrificing, it is very easy for bitterness and resentment to set in. If you feel like you're the only one sacrificing and he's not or she's not, it won't take long before you need to start getting counseling. Because a successful relationship has equal sacrifice, equal trust, and equal respect. That's not always easy. You know, sometimes you got to do things that you don't want to do. Go to Menards and look at flooring. Go to Gander Mountain and look at hunting stuff. Our compromise is they're close enough in Waukesha that we get to do both. 
So she has to sacrifice and I have to sacrifice. So one of my questions is, and believe me, this message is for me first. Is God frustrated with my sacrifice for him? In Romans chapter 12, and verse one, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. When you love, you tend to listen more attentively. Especially if you're a guy, just saying, may want to remember a couple of those things she drops as hints, especially around the holiday season. If you go through the store and she says, well, I really like that. Mark it down. Great Christmas present. She wants it. Otherwise, you're going to end up with the box of candy just like Valentine's Day. What is it that she wants? What is it that she likes? Where does she want to go? What things does she like to do? By paying attention to what the other person is saying, you are showing love. God tells us that he wants us to be a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service. So if we're listening to what God wants from us, because we love God and we're more attentive to what he desires, it should help us in our relationship with him. Because we are, we are listening to what he has to say, whether it's in our prayer time, whether it's in his word, there's a correlation there. And see, when, when you become more observant, it becomes part of your life and you both love, you both sacrifice, and you will both be happy. Having a successful marriage, which I believe to this point I have had, and I do have, is a lot because I do respect my wife. My wife is a very intelligent person. I would be dumb not to take her advice and what she has into consideration. It's respect and vice versa. I expect her to respect the things that I have to say. I don't think this is very different from our relationship with God. See, we want God to respect what we have to say, but are we in turn willing to respect what God has to say? Again, we both need to sacrifice. The legacy that I want to leave, let me just give you a simple one for my girls, okay? I want my girls to know that they're loved. One of the biggest issues that we see in society is that there are several young men, even young ladies, that just do not feel loved properly. So they seek it elsewhere. And it just becomes one problem after another. I want my girls to know 
that they're loved. I want them to know that they're safe. And I want my example for them on how I treat their mother to be what they expect out of their husband. In my house, I tell the girls right away, you may be the princess, but she's the queen. And you don't mess with the queen. My wife, I, I, we, we don't yell. Again, it's something we've just, we've just established in our relationship that it needs, there needs to be a respect. And I want my girls to see that. Not that I'm perfect, but I want them to expect more than what's out there. I don't want it to be something that's just physical. I want them to understand that whoever they're with needs to respect them as a person. Frankly, I know that no guy is ever going to meet my qualifications. That's just a given. I already understand that. But I want them to expect more. I don't want them to settle. But I want them to know that they were loved and that they're safe. There's a lot of sacrifices that go into raising kids. All of you that have them know this. But there's nothing... I mean, I still, I, I have this picture that I took when Delena was born. And it's my favorite picture of her. It was the day she was born. She's laying in that little warming cube and in our, in our room and, and she's got the blanket tucked up and she's just, the light's hitting her just right, she's just glowing. And those are the moments, and you know this as parents, that it makes all the sacrifice worth it. When you see that child and there's that, there's that interchange of appreciation and love and you know that that child understands and knows that she's loved and that you're loved by that child. Sacrifice just becomes easier until they become teenagers. And then I want somebody else to sacrifice. <laughs> but... That's the, that's the type of legacy I want to leave for my kids. But what kind of legacy am I leaving in this world? Am I leaving people with something that can help them reach heaven? Sometimes, I'll be honest, it feels like all I can do just to make sure that I have a shot at getting to heaven. And I will say that sometimes that distracts me, I think, from being able to reach out to others. I go through struggles, I go through trials, just like you. And I know that you've been there. That's how I know that I can, I can have this conversation with you tonight. Is when you're having those struggles and you feel like it's everything you can do to get to church... You don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. You're so focused on how do I get through today? You know what? That's part of life. It's not the fun part, that's for sure. But it does take away, I believe. I, I mean, I understand that, that we've got to get through that, and that's some one on one time with God, and, and we need those. But 
what are we leaving for this world? The world we live in is leaving a legacy of selfishness. How can I get ahead? And if you're in my way, I'll drive right over you if I have to to get that promotion. Have you driven down a road lately? Oh my goodness. Talk about, I mean, if you're not going 15 over on the freeway, some guy is flipping you the bird, flashing his lights at you, and you're like, dude. And then you find out it's a guy from church. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Had to lighten the mood a little bit. But it's all about, I gotta get here, I gotta get there, I want this, I want that. See, I I do remember, I'm not that old, but I remember a time when if you saw somebody struggling, you know, even on the side of the road, you could help them. Now, you gotta be a little careful. Now it's, I roll down the window and say, do you need help? I don't usually get out of the car until I know. But you even gotta be careful about who you help these days. I'll tell you what, I've had this happen. You better be careful even coming out of Quick Trip what woman you open the door for because she may take it that you don't think she's strong enough to open the door and now you're gonna get the woman's rights thing shoved down your throat, you know? You gotta be careful. I've, I know you laugh, but it's happened. You know, and so you make somebody feel inferior because you go ask them if you can help. We live in a society that's so much about being isolated. And what can I get out of this situation? And that's really the mentality that I've seen. Is it's not how does this benefit all of us, it's how does this benefit me? And if it doesn't benefit me, I'm not gonna do it. The love that they have is for themselves and that's it. So the Bible addresses some of these things in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36. Now some of these scriptures, I'm gonna use the King James Version and some the NIV. This one, we're gonna use the King James Version. And it says, Master, what, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. He says, I want you to love me and love your neighbor. In that particular passage, he never even mentions that we should love ourselves. Because see, knowing that you're loved is is an amazing thing. When you were first told that you were loved by someone and you knew that they meant it, there's a special feeling that comes with that. But if all we're concerned is about is with ourselves, we've missed it. Because what he's saying is I want you to love me and I want you to love others. And that requires sacrifice. 
2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 1, and this I'm going to read out of the NIV, says, well, mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Sounds a lot like what we're living in. So, what he's saying is, don't be like that. Lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Well, you've missed commandment number one. Because that was loving him. So he says, don't be like that. In fact, I want you to be the opposite of that. See, the only way you can give love is you have to have it within you. Now, God has shown his love to us. But it's not so we can sit there and hold it. He's made the sacrifice. But what does he want from us? Well, he wants us to love him. But what's the second commandment? Love thy neighbor. On these two. These two commandments I want you to focus on. Love me. Be a living sacrifice for me. But take the love that I've given you and I want you to sacrifice yourself by giving it to other people. A relationship cannot be sustained with only one person giving love. It can't happen. It's not enough to have it we must share God's love. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 35 says this. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me meat. And I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. In this scripture, and in, in the following scripture, I was in hunger and you gave me meat. What's happening here? There's a sacrifice that's taking place. I was hungry. You sacrificed and you gave me something. I was naked. You sacrificed and you clothed me. I couldn't find a place to stay. You sacrificed. You gave me a place to stay. Verse 37, then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have sacrificed Unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have sacrificed unto me. You've shown love. 
So, now again, I know it's quiet in here and this is, this is deep and I'm hearing it as I'm saying it, believe me. I heard it as I was typing it too. So it, it begs the question, how much do I love God? Does God feel like he's the only one sacrificing in this relationship? Or that I'm not as committed to him as he's been to me? See, he loved me so much that he made the ultimate sacrifice. And all he asks of me is that I live a life that's pleasing to him. Not that I die for his sake, he's not requiring that of me, but that I live a life that is a legacy of love, not only to him, but also to everyone that I come in contact with. That's what he asks for a sacrifice. To love others like he's loved us. It's not really that difficult. When you really think about it, we've all experience love how difficult is it to share love see the church is leaving a legacy of love friendliness kindness charity but when God looks at me I wonder in his eyes what kind of legacy I'm leaving What will my neighbors say about me? What will my coworkers say about me? You know, Brother Larson talked Sunday and he, he talked about how we have, you know, this beautiful building, crosses, you know, windows, parking lot filled Sundays and Wednesdays. And some people drive by and they still don't know it's a church. You think about it. It's kind of sad. It's sad that we have to put up a sign so people know that this is a church. So how many people don't know that I'm a Christian? How many people have I been willing to share God's love with so that they know where I stand? How many people have I invited so that they know this is a church and this is a place of love and friendliness and kindness and charity? What kind of legacy am I leaving? We need to spread the love that we've been given to others and not just the ones we like but to everyone that we come in contact with. You know, I know that last night for our state was a big night. 
And I am so thankful. Thank you, God. And thank you for everybody who voted properly. I was very impressed at the acceptance speech of our governor. I so appreciated the fact that the first part of First sentence out of his mouth was, thank God. I saw his opponent's speech. And then I saw his speech. And I thought to myself, that had to be tough. But he took the high road. And he showed compassion. There was one person that made a sacrifice last night. It wasn't his opponent. But he looked at it and he said, how can I work this situation for good? We're going to run into a lot of people that are like the scripture said. We have to be the ones that reach out. I know a lot of times, and I'm... I'm as guilty of this as, well, maybe you aren't. Oh, God, I know that you're tugging on my heart to talk to that person, but let them make the first move. I really don't want to do it. Are they, nope, they didn't do it. All right, I'm free. You know, when God puts somebody in front of you, there's a reason. And I don't believe God puts people in front of you who aren't prepared to receive what he has. I believe that God has prepared a person for that moment. And he's prepared you, whether you feel qualified or not. Sometimes all people need is to know someone cares. And an arm around a shoulder when someone's going through a struggle, you know, you see somebody and you know and you look at that person and God starts to speak to you and you take that step in faith, I will say this and I believe that he'll back me up on this one. If you take that step, you won't fall. Because you're doing what he's asked you to do. You're sacrificing and you're showing love for someone else. And by doing what he's asked you to do, you're also showing your love and your sacrifice for him. I want my legacy to be that Michael Kiley loved God, loved his neighbor, and showed love to him. Didn't just talk about it, but showed them a small example of the love that God has shown me. So tonight as we stand, I want, I want to read one more scripture and then open this altar, but I just want you to think about it tonight. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not condemning anybody tonight. Like I said, this is right between the eyes for me. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, 
but to not have love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. As love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Lord, as we come to this altar tonight, I pray that you would encourage us with your love. Those of us that aren't sure, Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.